Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Yeah! And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah! Oh, oh the thickest double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. Monday, new week. Grand Prix coming up on Saturday for you. We've got tickets to give away. I shall explain coming up in a bit. It's kind of weird when you have a weekend where, at least locally speaking, there wasn't a great deal going on. You're a week clear now of the draft. Now, we'll get into the Jim Irsay tweet and the tampering possibilities of the Washington Commanders coming up in just a second. That was funny. That's more funny than anything else. But you get past this weekend... Or really, you get past the draft, and, and as far as stuff going on, it does dwindle a little bit. So you're forced to kind of embrace, you know, sports, out-of-market stuff, stuff that you really, truly don't have much of a rooting interest regarding. But the NBA postseason has been absolutely fantastic. It just has. Fantastic postseason. I liked it last night. I texted Dane Fife last night when Ishbia held on to that basketball and Jokic took exception to it, thought he got pushed and then pushed back. And Ishbia, by the way, who was the owner of the Suns, fell back into his chair and some bro, not a smiley bro, but some bro got up holding his uh, vodka and tonic or whatever and then you know, shoved... Um, Shoved Jokic. It's funny, too. You could see the Denver bench, once they were looking at the replay, they all pointed over to that bro with the beard and said, all right, that's guy. Wait a minute. That's the owner. <laughs> Hold on a minute. And really, that that's the ultimate card to play right here. And Ishbia came out afterwards and said, hey, listen, I don't want to see Jokic get suspended. That's not how it should work. And let's face it. If this were a different set of circumstances and you had fan, fan would be gone. And who knows if it's a player and it's not an owner player type of deal, maybe the player and the fan, certainly the fan would be gone. You know, I get holding on to the basketball and stuff, but you can't hold on to the basketball like that. You got to give that thing back. You're not going to do anything with it. If that were you or me, just like average tool fans sitting there, 
and not the owner of the Suns, then you were going to be bounced much like the bro was. The bro, the bro with the beard got bounced. I don't know who he was, but he was sitting a couple of rows back and he got, I, you know, I know that can lead to really bad things. And I know that we have gone through in the past here and has seen, we've seen what that can lead to, but I love the basketball portion of it. I've got to be completely honest, as I always am. This other stuff just gives it always a little bit more juice. It's supposed to mean more. I mean, you're it's just like the owner doesn't normally look like he's 25 years old getting ready to go out to the upstairs pub. And that's what Ishbia looks like. He looked like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, let's go to the upstairs pub. And then we walk across the street to Nick's. That's what he looks like. That was a pretty strong flop. I will say this, though. If somebody 7'1 and whatever, 300 pounds pushes you however slightly, you're probably going to fly a little bit. I mean, watch Embiid. Embiid goes about 7 feet tall and, what, 300, 280, 300 pounds. My man is on the floor the entire game. He gets touched. He falls down. I'm not a big fan of James Harden. The James Harden moment was pretty good. I am a big fan of shot making. And that was some high level, some elite level shot making. I do love that. Even if in the past it is tough to watch. They had two guys on that team that I find it very difficult to watch. And not because, you know, I'm jealous of their level of MVP and level of future Hall of Fame or because it's Philly and because the team that you cover sitting here, it can be a chore at times to watch both of those guys play. No matter what age you are, you just go, all right, I'm going to jump into this guy, dribble into that guy. I'm going to touch this guy and flail all over the floor and then grab my knee, grab my ass. Everything hurts. <laughs> but the basketball has been good. Sometimes, though, I just I got to have a little bit more. What do they say? The cherry on top of that Sunday? That's what that was when that got into the stands. And the bro, the bro got tagged and had to leave. And then the owner of the Suns, who looks like a bro, got to stay. That's awesome. Yeah, the other thing yesterday... I started watching it, but I swear to you, it took so long, and I had no idea what they were talking about for the most part, so I ended up turning it off before LL Cool J came out and referenced the F1 race down in Miami as the greatest spectacle in motorsports. It's kind of like one of those things where we're not allowed to say Super Bowl. We have all these commercials. We have to say the big game. I used to say this all the time, the enlarged contest. Oh, I can't wait. We're all going to go hang out and, you know, you can get this free stuff and we'll prep for the enlarged contest coming up on Sunday. Everybody knows what we're talking about. But that was that was an absolute message. You know, LL Cool J doesn't know. He doesn't know what, if there's a copyright infringement that's taking place right here. Now, he would, he would know. If they came out and said, you know, something that was like, I just can't live without my radio, you got to inform him about that stuff. I need love. And by the way, I have LL Cool J tickets for you coming up a little bit later on. That's going to be a fantastic show. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. 
But, yeah, they'll get a letter. They'll get a letter of uh, cease and desist, I'm assuming, for the future. Here's what I thought when I heard that that happened after I turned it off yesterday. Is it's just another moment. This time of year, this time of year has been tough because this is year number two of being without Robin Miller. And Robin Miller was always such a great go-to at any time of year, but certainly this time of year. And as I saw and played the back, played that back from LL Cool J yesterday, and then thought about the race, and then you know, then you get you know the IndyCar guys, you know, kind of take offense to it, and I think it was uh, Steph Wilson that talked about it being like paint drying or whatever. And listen, it's boring to me too, but some of these IndyCar races on road courses are also boring to me. So that's just kind of the way that I am. Yeah, what's not boring, what's seemingly never boring is the greatest spectacle in racing. But when that was said yesterday, and then you had the bit of a firestorm about it, I miss Robin Miller even more. Can you imagine today talking to Robin Miller about that on the show? That would have just been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It would have been the gift that just keeps on giving. So, yes, race number two, month of May, number two, without Robin Miller. And there are a lot of things that stink, a lot of people that we lose. And uh, that certainly is is right up there. Just his, his voice, just everything here. I mean, you got to know it for so many years. You know, for a while, you got to not like him. I remember coming up and going to my grandparents and, you know, reading the Indianapolis Star and, you know, both he and Bill Benner, you know, ripping on something. And I go, oh, these guys, they're old. They don't know what they're talking about. This is when I was a teenager, right? I'm in high school. And then when you get with him, you go, these are actually two of the best dudes of all time that are, you know, interwoven in the fabric of this community. Exactly what I want to be. That's what I strive to be. You know, not exactly like them because they are both much smarter than me. But kind of like that. I get crossed between Robin Miller and Bill Benner. And I mentioned this before. Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, as far as being on the radio, was the guy that I always looked at. And I thought, man, this is who I would like to be like. I mean, that's it right there. You know, going out, playing softball, playing pickup basketball, you know, hanging out, having drinks, whatever, having beers. But you take a little bit of of them that have had so much success here and you move forward, and especially this month of May, and it's year number two without Robin Miller, that's tough. And yesterday with that F1 situation with the greatest spectacle in motorsports, I was again reminded how much we miss that voice. And we truly do. So we'll hit that coming up a little bit later on with you. Uh, The Indiana State baseball program continues to win. Is it 20 of 21? But they, they actually went through a streak where they lost like seven in a row early on in the season. I think they've won 20 of 21. We got to get Mitch Hannes on the show at some point, too. Got some local names doing some work over there. They just keep on winning baseball games. 
Uh, shout out to Indiana State's baseball program. Benedict Matherin, the all-rookie first-teamer. It's really the first honor that the rookie from Arizona for the Pacers has encountered here. Been a really good rookie class the way you look back on it. But Benedict Matherin is a member of the all-rookie first team. You know, I mentioned, you know, yesterday the two NBA postseason games. You know, that was one thing. You go back to Saturday and you didn't get the same type of enjoyment out of those games. You know, yesterday it had us. You know, both Boston and Philly. Yeah, especially if you could have seen Marcus Smart. And I, I mentioned this last night. Like, it is a great series. I'm talking about Philly and Boston. A great series. I enjoyed a great deal. It's just too bad that somebody in that series has to win because they both suck, and I can't stand either one of them. And I know Brad Stevens runs Boston, and I like Brad a great deal. I just can't stand his team. And I can't stand the fan base of his team. I can't stand Philly. I love the man with two brains. P. Dinwiddie, that's in that organization. Love him, but I can't stand his team. But it's been a great series. It has. It's been one of those months of May so far that you can really soak up, even if your team is not a part of it. Yeah, make no mistake about that. All right, the Ursa tweet, a lot of you want to talk about that, and we will coming up a little bit later on. Uh, probably a little bit more of setting it up right now. So evidently, there was an ESPN report, right? That stated, and we have to get one of these all the time. One of these days, we will all feel secure in knowing that Andrew Luck won't be brought up. And that's not because I dislike him greatly. It's just because for a number of years now, I've been so sick and tired of hearing about it. And there's really no way around it. If you host a show in this market, there's no way around not having to talk about it. Well, that's simple. You just don't talk about it. No, no, it's not so simple. Because really the last bit of success, and I'm talking about the last success in terms of winning a postseason game, came with Andrew Luck. And since that point in time, for the most part, it has been a treadmill that this team has been on. And you always revert back to that moment in August when everything came crashing down. Seriously, always look at it like the Pacers in 04. November 18th, 04, you had a championship-worthy team. And on that night, up in crappy Michigan and Detroit, it all came to an end. All of it. And great thoughts, productivity, Winning all came to an end. And this team has been on that treadmill since that point in time. Maybe with a moment here or there that you can rejoice and feel good about. But again, for the most part, that's where they've been. So you always have to bring it up. It's always been brought up. What is he going to be, 34? Is he 34 years of age right now? Is Andrew Luck? And then evidently ESPN had a report that the Washington Commanders reached out to him. He's 33. He turns 34 in September. 34 in September. And again, according to ESPN, I think that was Saturday, maybe early Sunday, whatever. 
that the Washington Commanders reached out. I guess whatever, with however you feel you need to gauge interest, that's, again, evidently according to ESPN what they did. So a lot of people saw it. A lot of people responded to it. Mike Chappell responded to it as saying, oh, here we go again. You know, that's tampering. You know, the Colts are always going to hold the rights. And again, it is a really cloudy version, but basically is you can't talk to the dude about playing for you for the rest of your life. All right, that's it. Not again ever. You know, unless you make, you know, reach out to, make accommodations to talk to the Colts, I guess. I mean, it really is. It's kind of a muddy description. But by NFL terms and that rule, it is tampering. And Jim Mersey responded to that yesterday with a tweet. And a lot of you responded to that, too. Now, this is twofold. This is one. You just want to remind everybody where you stand. And this is what bums me up because I don't need to be reminded by it. Or about it, like I hate doing this right now. Because I've been over it for a long time, or at the very least have tried to get over it. You know, really nobody in this market has talked more about this than me. And I was ready to get over it, and then every time it pops back up, you ultimately have to start talking about it again. And that's a bummer. But Stephen Holder has the story at ESPN.com. Jim Irsay responded to it. Uh, This is 17 hours ago. If any NFL team attempted to contact Andrew Luck or any associate of him to play for their franchise, it would be a clear violation of the league's tampering policy. Now, again, I mentioned twofold, and you're saying, all right, what do you mean by twofold here? Well, it is just, again, staking your claim. This is still property of us. We still have to have some sort of clearance. We have to be informed. We have to be told. And the other part of it is, well, it's the Washington Commanders, and you know the outspoken nature that Jim had been against Daniel Snyder. I mean, this whole thing had been twofold. You know, even the direction the Commanders are going in right now, you know, trying to lock in new ownership. I mean, you could see this one coming a mile away. But the only thing that bumps me out about it, I guess it's a a nugget of sorts when there's nothing else going on, but you have to bring it back up again. And I'm not a hater of Andrew Luck. I just, this is why I want to see Anthony Richardson work. Because that is the only way that you're truly going to be able to erase it. And you don't have to go back. That's the reason why, for the most part, you do go back. If there had been even a little bit of success, a couple of playoff wins, a challenge, you know, if Rivers would have gone two and maybe, I, mean, I don't know, you're kind of wishing. Or if Wentz would have been good, if Ryan would have been good, if any of these plans would have actually worked it would have been easier to forget. But Anthony Richardson is the ultimate way to forget. It's the ultimate way. He goes out. He and his new head coach 
start working together to become what people expect. And believe me, those expectations are going to be there. And they should be there. I mean, you draft him number four overall. A lot of people suggest, well, you got to just go ahead, you know, make sure you handle this in bubble wrap with care. I understand not wanting to get the dude injured if the guy is clearly not ready. I would be upset if the guy isn't clearly ready. Now, if it is a decision you have to make where you go, well, you know, I want to protect this guy and he's not ready to protect himself, I think we all should be bummed out about that. I think part of this this stair step of you being excited and you being a believer is passing these quick tests, these pop quizzes, shout out to the morning show. And that's going to be one of them. Nothing suggests, however, that if you're not ready, you're not going to be as good as what people believe. I just, at that moment, will be bummed out. Because you would like to see him be coached and be ready. Because clearly, among the franchises in the NFL, this one needs it bad. I am so sick and tired of hearing about how the good fortune has rained down on the Colts. With Manning and Luck. No, listen, fans around here were owed that good fortune. They stuck with it for a long time. But this whole thing, since the retirement, again, has been a hamster on a spinning wheel. And to truly move forward, truly to forget the past, this has to be legit. This quarterback is going to, if he is what the Colts would lead you to believe, whether it's Morocco Brown or Shane Steichen or Chris Ballard or Jim Irsay, That is going to be a part of the equation. You're going to completely forget that. And then we just kind of laugh when you address things like Andrew Luck tampering at the age of 33. Because we laugh, we think it's funny. It would be more funny, hysterically funny, if you're in the midst of a winning era, a winning season, a winning year. And you know that the quarterback you just selected, number four overall, is going to be that leader for the future, going to be that quarterback. You know, a lot has been said. We're just not in a situation right now where there can be anything done about it. There's nothing to be proven. It's just all of what you think. I'll give you a great example. Dan Orlowski of ESPN is going to join me coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, I say all the time, well, I'm going to base my opinion on this. Remember, I based my opinion on C.J. Stroud on one game. Now, he also based his opinion on Anthony Richardson on one game. One game in which he was doing at the time. Now, we'll talk to Dan about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. One game. And this guy's played. This guy's at ESPN. This guy does every show on ESPN. Same kind of thing. I mean, this has to work out. There's no do-over with this. And in the process, it is going to be one of the true one of the true ways you can erase that past. One of the true ways, and that is win, that is produce, that is to be the guy that you're selected to be.
That is the one way success. You know, a lot of people ask me this all the time. It's been asked before about the ring of honor for 12 one of these days. And I've said this, and this is the absolute truth. It will never be. It, it, it will be one of these days, but it's going to be one of those days after a high level a high level of production, a high level of of winning, maybe even a Super Bowl. I've said this before, or it's going to be a long period of winning because people won't forget about it until that takes place. This, with this quarterback, would help expedite that. You start tuning in more for what you believe is the truth compared to still hanging on to the past. And a bad pass right there. A bad moment in the past. And a lot riding on this for sure. Dan Orlovsky will explain coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I think Query is going to be here in the 4 o'clock hour. He ran the mini marathon. I did not. Congratulations to everybody out there who did run the mini marathon. Sound like you guys had a good time? Uh, he was packed down here on Saturday too. But a job well done out of everybody. We're going to move Rap Johns back later on the week, right? He got a flight. Yeah, I was going to get a check on what's going on inside the transfer portal. But I think Jeff has a flight or a delayed flight or something like that. So we'll do that coming up later on this week. And again, a shout out to Dane Fife, <laughs> the flop by Ishbia. Last night was great. That was just tremendous TV. Need more of that stuff. All right, quick break and we shall return. Trackside beyond the bricks at seven and eight later on tonight. Again, game four, the Warriors and the Lakers. Lakers can take a stranglehold on that Western Conference semifinal best of seven with a win. And it was all Lakers all the time on Saturday night. Yeah, a lot of you are responding regarding this time of year, especially in missing that voice of Robin Miller. It is year number two without it, and it stings. It is just not the same. That is just something, especially for me, but I know for a lot of you as well, it will just take more time. That's just how meaningful, that's the impact that he had on this community. And most of the time, it was because you disliked him. See, midway through, you disliked him. Toward the end, I think it was more so unanimous than anything else how much you did like him. But man, is he missed. All right, quick one. We'll do some calls coming up on the other side at 239-1070. Email address is jmvn1075thefan.com. We are inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'm going to open that up coming up in just a minute, see what everybody is doing in there. If you want to get involved in listening to the show, but also participating while watching, that is the lounge via YouTube Live. Love to have you in there. Often very good conversation, often completely different than the actual conversation we're having right here on the air, which is awesome. That's uh, YouTube Live inside the lounge via YouTube Live. HD Radio, the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. It looks like Brian Adams is going to be on the show coming up tomorrow. That'll be my first timer with him. Uh, Brian Adams is the headliner for the Carb Day show. Uh, presently on a uh, nationwide, soon-to-be worldwide tour. And on the 26th of May, we'll be headlining Carb Day. So it looks like Brian Adams will join me coming up on tomorrow's show. That is very good. Yeah, I saw this, Alan, as I went to break here. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants will soon be representing a different Hoosier city under a new name. And this is, I'm going to read this directly from 21 Alive News. Is that in Fort Wayne? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Of course, that's where the Mad Ants have been playing in the G League. So the NBA G League team are reportedly set to move to Noblesville. And this is according to the IBJ. I got to see who wrote that story of the IBJ in just a second. They say the Pacer Sports and Entertainment plans to move the team there as city officials are working to build a $36.5 million arena and event center. And construction for the 3,400-seat venue is set to start in the fall. This is according to the IBJ. Mad Ants founded in Fort Wayne in 07. Uh, moved to a new facility or will move to the new facility in 24 and 25 is what it says right here. And will hold all practices in Indianapolis. Uh, this is through a Fort Wayne news outlet from the IBJ. I think the IBJ was first to report. I'll give them credit. Now, the Mad Ants has played its home games at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, which has the capacity of 13,000. And again, the new venue in Noblesville, according to the IBJ, would be the seventh smallest in the 30-team league by capacity. Uh, Pacer Sports Entertainment says Fort Wayne officials were informed about the move Monday morning. They tell the IBJ no contracts or leases had to be broken in order to make this change. So that's, again, according to the IBJ. Pacer Sports Entertainment plan to move the Fort Wayne Mad Ants to Noblesville, where Noblesville will construct a... $36.5 million arena slash event center. So to answer your question, Alan just sent me a tweet about that. He said, I'm hearing this correctly, the Mad Ants moving to Noblesville? That sucks for Fort Wayne. I'm originally from Fort Wayne, and I like the fact the Mad Ants played there. Uh, according to the IBJ, Allen, that is the case. New Arena, Noblesville, Mad Ants coming to Noblesville. Damon Dobbs chimes in with this. 28 years ago yesterday, where were you? I remember exactly where I was, Owensburg, Indiana, where I grew up, watching it on TV. 
just absolutely in love with the moment. Damon says, I was on my honeymoon during a layover in the Dallas airport, just happened to be standing next to Gene Cady and his then-wife, Pat, watching in disbelief. It wasn't the threes that Reggie Miller hit in the eight points in nine seconds, but the pacer foul that made him crazy. <laughs> I miss those teams and Slick. Yeah, eight points in nine seconds yesterday. There's just stuff about that era, the Pacers. It was so many different benchmarks of where you were and what you were doing. That's what makes a moment in sports, really any moment, but certainly moments in sports, just how vivid they are in recall, that's what makes them so special. Man. Yeah, eight points in nine seconds. And it's funny, if you flip the script, can you imagine how much you would hate somebody that's doing that to the Pacers, for example, talking that much of a mess to the Pacers about it like Reggie Miller was? That was awesome. Just great. I can't remember. That was actually actually the first time I can remember anybody – and I know that Larry Bird had said it about his own teammates back in the 80s, but that was really one of the first times I could remember where a player was asking, Dan Hicks asked Reggie Miller after that game, and Reggie Miller we was talking about the situation, talked about John Starks choking and missing two free throws, talked, talked about Anthony Mason choking and throwing the ball away, trying to inbound it, talking about the Knicks choking, like in those terms, choking. Starks choked. Mason choked. The Knicks choked. Like the first time I can remember that. Hey, JMV, the new G League facility in Noblesville will be right next to Mojo Up. So my man Eric and the gang up there is probably very excited. So in terms of Noblesville, if you're trying to figure out where that is, that is basically, what, a quarter of a mile away from Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center right there. And that is, according to the IBJ, where the new Noblesville facility is going to go that will bring the Fort Wayne Mad Ants to Noblesville. So they're going to be the Noblesville Mad Ants? I'm actually seeing it looks like they might have a new nickname. What was the, what was the Mad Ant? The Mad Ant was the general, right? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah. Uh, I think the Mad Ant was a general. It's in honor of Fort Wayne's namesake, uh, Mad Anthony Wayne. Ah, uh, that makes sense then. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a general. I just didn't know that there was a Fort Wayne connection there, but that does make sense. So, new name altogether. So, the Pacers G League team, a new name altogether. So, what will it be? Noblesville? Uh, they haven't determined it yet. Lapel? What, Central Indiana? North Central Indiana? What should it be? Let's name it. You guys want to name the new Mad Ants team? What if they should do that? Just put it out there. What what should we name it? Mm, how about the Fighting Coverdales? We're big fans of Coverdale. Tom Coverdale. So a name change altogether. A new facility in Noblesville. Uh, again, according to the IBJ, 239-1070 is the number. Jonathan's up first today. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? 
Hey, good afternoon. I'm great, and I'm happy that Noblesville's getting a basketball team up here where I live. Noblesville. I don't know if it's going to be called Noblesville or not. What do you think? I think it should be. Uh, I guess the nickname could be Nickel Platers or uh, Flower Boys since Millers are taken by the high school. Yeah, those are solid ideas you got there, Jonathan. <laughs> I think it's better. It's so tough. It sounds better than Madass, though. Oh, I thought I thought Madass was a pretty badass name. I did. I liked the Madass. Except I think most people kind of thought it was, you know, just had to do with an ant, but, you know, and not a general as it did, but whatever. I I, I liked that nickname. That was good. It's, it's badass because you put mad in front of it, but Ant-Man, for instance, that's like the biggest joke of a superhero <laughs> in my mind. Um, well, you see, you got me there. I wouldn't know, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm just not, if it's, if it's past, uh, I don't know, if it's past, you know, the Incredible Hulk, for example, with Lou Ferrigno, that I've got zero clue. My bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's all right. Um. I was I was thinking football, but that kind of took my mind in a different direction for a second. Um, I just uh, I hope that Steichen is not tied to um, everything Ballard does because if we don't get the blocking straight, like uh, we need a veteran tight end, veteran right guard. Uh, I don't see either quarterback being too successful this year. But um, I changed my mind on Richardson. I think he should start from week one and. Uh, the reason isn't a good one because it's like Minshew would die behind our line faster than Richardson would. That makes sense because he's not as elusive. Well, yeah, you agree? yeah, Jonathan. And thank you for the call, Jonathan. I, I think part of the reason why, listen, the mobility, the ultimate mobility of Richardson is what they're looking for. And certainly, let's just say in terms of he, if he happened to play and Minshew is playing, he has mobility too. But with the offensive line in mind, that mobility of Richardson comes into play, and the expectation is because they've done little work to it. I mean, everything's coming back basically the same. They'll figure out what to do at right guard, I guess. But everything's coming back virtually the same in what was a bad season for the offensive line a year ago. So a part of their hope, again, hope, belief, I would say hope, I don't know how you'd have any belief because you just don't know. But a part of their hope is that the offensive line plays better with a mobile quarterback that has an arm to throw instead of, you know, running for your life and almost moonwalking like Matt Ryan did most of the time a year ago. You know, I said this, and a lot of people disagree with me. That year where they, talking about the offensive line, had that described great season that one with Philip Rivers, remember how quickly he got rid of the ball. That made that group look a lot better. For the past two years, I mean, it's Wentz moving around, maybe not going anywhere while moving around, and it's Ryan running for his life. And again, I'm not suggesting at all it is not the fault of the offensive line or the offensive line coach or just the overall offensive plan. However you want to put it, you're right. It's their fault. But part of their belief is that a mobile quarterback can help them look better. That what you saw a year ago, for example, wasn't exactly what they are going into this year. That's hope, and that remains to be seen. Hey, Mickey Shuey's down with the IBJ. Get a hold of him. He comes on this show often. I want to find out a little bit more about this Noblesville Arena and the Mad Ants here. It's a little bit more. I want to fill in the gaps 
of this story. He's the one that had it from the IBJ. If anybody's down at the IBJ, say, hey, Mickey, call into JMV show here in a minute because he's looking for you. Uh, it is a very interesting story, and here it is right here. It was a tweet. I'll retweet this for anybody that hasn't seen it. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants are moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal between the city and Pacer Sports and Entertainment that will result in a $36.5 million arena at the Finch Creek Park. That is the Mojo Up facility where a lot of us have kids going to play basketball or even baseball, and where some of you go up to play pickleball. Will it take out the pickleball courts up there? 36 and a half mil. So get a hold of Mickey. We'll slot Mickey in whenever we get a chance here. Uh, Roger, before the breaks at 239-1070. Hello, Roger. Hello to my fellow Sycamore. How are you, James? Roger, I'm going to prop up our Sycamore baseball team. How about that? I'm going to get Mitch on the show here later on this week. Lot they of love. are good. They are consistently good. They have won, I believe, 20 of 21, somewhere in that neighborhood. And if you go back to the season, I think they had a losing streak of about seven in a row going back to February and early March. But they've got a program that's unusual in the Midwest. They do, for sure. So I'm, I'm going to name that team. You're going to nickname uh, Noblesville? Well, I'm going to name the whole thing. You can't call them the Noblesville anything. I mean, that would be bad. So you can't call them the Indianapolis Pacers. You can't call them the Noble whatever. So here's the nickname. Here's the whole name. Done. Racers. Racer. Just the racers? Indiana Racers. So it's a call back to the old team. Okay. And, and yeah. you call the uh, the team by the name of the state. You didn't, like the Indiana. you didn't like my my choice of the Coverdales? No? <laughs> I, I don't think I heard it. I think as well I was no, Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's too far north for me, probably. I, if it were built down in Bargersville, then maybe I'd have a chance. But yeah, that's too far north for me right there. So, All right, well, put the racers. I like the that. racers. Hey, Roger, thank you very much. And go Sycamore Baseball. Yeah, that is right next to Mojo up there. Oh, man, you know what? I don't mind this either. The Circle City Slicks. Hold on a second. I think we have a winner. I just like the ne- last name of the Slicks is the best. That's well done. Sorry about that, Coverdales, but you got a new one. The Slicks. Let me get Matthew in. Matthew, back in Maine, who was here over the weekend, joins us now. Hello, Matthew. Hello, JMV. I am sorry we could not get together down in front of the building when you were out and about. But uh, next time, hopefully you make it out to a live show. Yes, I would love to. We're uh, already making plans here for next year. So uh, now we know some things, how to make it better. Did you have a good time? I did. It was fantastic. Mm. Well done out of you there too so we we missed you well i guess you did get on because you were you requested a goodbye song and i gave you goodbye by night ranger which was classic yes i appreciate that you got it what else you got matthew well i was wondering with the colts with the uh nfl schedule release happening later this week yep how many primetime games we think in the colts get 
I hope it's zero, personally. <laughs> well, <but. laughs> well, I mean, they'll they'll at least get one, I think. So it it yeah. will not be not be very many. I, I can't wait. I was talking about this before the start of the show. I was so against this in 2016. I can't wait until they go back to London, and specifically London. I know they play in, in Mexico City, and I know they play in Germany now, but I want to go back to London. I was so against that in 2016, did not want to go, and I actually went, and it was so fantastic. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love a London game. Oh, I'm a man. Oh, London was such a good time. I mean, I just memory after memory, floods, solid from being in London. Just a great time. Went with bullseyeofinkgroup.com. It was great. I would do that again in a second. Matthew, I'm sorry you missed the show on Friday, but when you get back in town, hopefully you can make a show again. Hey, it's okay. And the race next year is before Cinco de Mayo, so I think we got a good chance. (laughs) Matthew, it was great to hear from you as always. I'm glad you had a great time here in Indy. I appreciate it. So Matthew in Maine, who was in town over the weekend for the mini. By the way, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, La Hacienda was incredible. Shout out to Chandler Thompson, who got there to check us out, except I had just left. And as you well know, Chandler Thompson's one of my all-time favorites. High school, Muncie Central, collegiately at Ball State. Love Chandler Thompson. And it stinks that I missed him. But what a great time. Manuel, La Hacienda, Brent Halverson. And Brent was all over. All over the uh, Forte horse on Friday, too. Oh, 149th Kentucky Derby. He was all over that on Friday. Quick break, and we'll come back if you're on hold. I'll get to you. Jake Query is going to join us. Did you get a hold of Mickey Shuey? All right, go Yeah, thank you very much. If anybody out there is working at the IBJ and knows Mickey, like Lindquist, I know you have his number, have him call in here. And Dan Orlovsky of ESPN is going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does. And a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. So, Mickey Shuey of IBJ is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. I think Query's going to be here as well, but he may be in the building. So, we may get the uh, live version of Jake Query on a Monday for you. Dan Orlovsky is going to be here coming up at the 5 o'clock hour as well. Uh, a lot to say regarding uh, the Colts' number four overall selection, and we'll get in-depth with his thoughts. He was very pro-Anthony Richardson after doing one game. Again, the sample size of Richardson is 13, and Orlovsky, after one game, said, yeah, I love this dude. And, in fact, wanted Carolina to go with him. And Carolina had some interest in going with him. Dan Orlovsky coming up in the 5 o'clock hour for you. Uh, The news today, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants are moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal between the city and Pacer Sports and Entertainment. $36.5 million arena will be 
erected near Finch Creek Park at Finch Creek Park near Mojo Up. And Mickey Shuey had that story from the IBJ. Mickey, along with your calls on the other side, and also coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, I've got Carb Day tickets for you. What else do I have? What else is in there? We got, it's uh, qualifications and Carb Day tickets. All right. Qual's and Carb Day, which means you're going to get to see Soul Asylum and Brian Adams. And by the way, Brian Adams joins us on the show coming up tomorrow. But be on the lookout for that, either a Soul Asylum or a Brian Adams song, your chance to win coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. LL Cool J tickets and others at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That is what you're going to listen for in the 5 o'clock hour. 93.5107 by the fam. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, trackside beyond the bricks tonight at 7 and 8 o'clock. Game 4 out west, Warriors and Lakers. That is underway at 9.30 for you this evening as well. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Shout out to everybody in there. This is Gritty. Here from Gritty on Saturday night. Hey, Saturday night was, by the way, a great time Uh, for all of you that checked in. Well done. Also, by the way, this hour, Carb Day tickets, qualifying tickets for you. Carb Day means you can go check out the Carb Day show featuring Soul Asylum and Brian Adams. And from what I hear, Andy Wilson has contacted me and evidently Brian Adams is going to join us on the show coming up tomorrow. Uh, I have never had Brian Adams on the show before. Brian Adams is also a concert I have never seen him live, and I am, for the first time, going to check that out on Carb Day, May the 26th. IMS.com for your tickets today. Uh, So Brian Adams expected to be on the show coming up tomorrow. If you're on hold, I'll get back to you in a second. The other big news today uh, has a great deal of local interest, being that the Fort Wayne Mad Ants of the G League Uh, of the Pacers moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal that the city and Pacers sports and entertainment, that will result in a a $36.5 million arena and event center being built in Finch Creek Park. And to join us now to talk about that, he broke the story for the IBJ, IBJ IBJ.com. Mickey Shuey is with us. Thank you for the quick turnaround, Mickey. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very interesting story right there. So how did this all begin from what you've gathered so far in your reporting? So from what I understand, the Pacers – during the pandemic, uh, saw kind of the the advantages of consolidating some operations between uh, the Pacers team proper and uh, their developmental league team, uh, the G League team in the Fort Wayne Madians. The teams kind of practice together every once in a while during uh, the the pandemic years. Uh, And, of course, the Madians have played a few games here and there at Gainbridge Fieldhouse uh, over the past two seasons. And that kind of stoked interest from management in how do we kind of make this a long-term thing. So from there, they uh, seemingly just went out and tried to find a good partner uh, city uh, within about a 30, 35-mile radius. 
It's uh, Mickey Shuey of the IBJ. Had the story, broke the story regarding the uh, Mad Ants of Fort Wayne moving and changing the name altogether uh, down to Noblesville to a new arena, a new facility. $36.5 million. Well, where do we see that cash flow come from in this case, Mickey? Yep. So Noblesville is doing uh, what's called a, uh, a, um, a lease uh, rental um, deal. So essentially, all the proceeds that come from leasing the facility by the uh, by Pacer Sports and Entertainment and other other uh, users, that money would go toward paying off bonds that are taken out to to pay for this project. So it's ostensibly taxpayer dollars, but it's also money that's going to be recouped uh, through the operation of this venue. Now, this is multi-use as well, too. What, 3,500 seats in that arena, Mickey? Is that accurate? Yeah, 3,400, 3,500 seats, um, which is interesting because it's the it would be the seventh smallest uh, such arena in the uh, G League. But at the same time, the, uh, the Mad Ants have historically, uh, they, they've kind of seen a decline in their, their attendance from the numbers that I've seen. And, and in 2022, uh, 2022, 2023 season, they they had about 2,200 people per game at their games at uh, at the uh, Alan Moore Memorial Coliseum. And I'm assuming this just kind of leaves Fort Wayne high and dry, correct? Uh, seemingly so. I do know that they they informed uh, folks in Fort Wayne today of the move, um, but this is definitely a shift up there. Uh, after the team was founded there in, in 2007. Now, I'm just curious, not that it matters now, but did the uh, Fort Wayne folks have any idea that this massive uh, decision was coming? Uh, that We don't know the answer to that question yet. Um, reaching out to them to, to try and find out. But but they, um, but they my understanding is that the this was kept fairly quiet until – the the decision was made and finalized in Noblesville to to move the team to Noblesville. Yeah, economically speaking, how do things? I mean, obviously, we look at the the numbers. Thirty six and a half million dollars is a big number. Mickey, you just explained how how that's going to go down, how they're going to pay for it. But economically speaking, um, is it a more sound situation, longer term? You talked about it in terms of, you know, being able to practice together, being in close closer proximity, which that part makes sense. But what about the, the economic terms of it all? You're somebody that's been around this game, um, around the city for a long time. Does this make sense to you on paper? I mean, it's it's obviously not for me to say if, if it makes sense, but what I will say is that that moving to a market that's closer to Indianapolis uh, certainly helps with not just the cohesion be, between the teams, but but it also helps with fans who who might be following players on on the Mad Ants and they get bumped up to the Pacers or vice versa right. uh, due to injuries or, or what have you. They like there's kind of that crossover there that's going to be easier for diehard basketball fans to follow between these two teams and and make no mistake about it i mean the g league is it it's got some good basketball going on um so so certainly it's considered a quote-unquote minor league uh in terms of the the current uh outlay for for major league sporting 
conferences and, and leagues in the United States, but it still has competitive basketball. So I think there will be a driving factor there for people who either don't have the price point to afford tickets to, to Pacers games or might just live in Hamilton County uh, who just want to see some basketball played. I wonder how this is going to be marketed because you have to have a name change too. So – uh, any ideas? I've already we've already come up with on the show, and Mickey Shuey, by the way, from IBJ broke the story regarding the uh, Mad Ants of Fort Wayne moving to a soon-to-be erected facility, an event center, an arena up in Noblesville, in the Finch Creek Park. And Mickey's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Have they talked at all from your reporting about the the name that it's going to be? We've come up with the Slicks. I mean, it has to be the Slicks, right? In this case, the nickname. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they're they're staying pretty mum on the name right now. Uh, but as uh, as uh, Mayor Chris, Chris Jensen up in uh, in Noblesville said, uh, it's a it's a city of thir- of uh, seventy one thousand people. So there's probably about seventy one thousand different name ideas out there that that they're going to be getting over the next couple years as they as they wade through it. Well, I tell you, the other thing they're going to need is probably some other roads. Right, that's going to be a lot. I mean, I'm not suggesting this is good, but it's already packed the way that it is. I mean, it just and I know that you. I mean, they probably get more more kids up at Mojo up at Finch Creek than they will at you know most of these these games, these Pacer G League games. But it just kind of is, it's something added there to the congestion of an area that just is endlessly growing up there right now. Right, and, it, and it's also worth noting that this is just uh, just a mile or two up the road from from the uh, from the Ruoff Mortgage uh, Event Center. Um, they like so they they have that thing operating uh, really well during those events, and I'm sure that will will translate to to events for this. Um, and and as you mentioned, they have a lot of events going on at Fence Creek anyway, so. I think that they'll be just fine when it comes to accommodating the traffic, but but certainly every municipality right now is thinking about infrastructure and how they're going to to accommodate their growing population. So I'm sure that will be a natural part of this uh, progression. Yeah, it um, it is amazing, and obviously well, a month ago you got the news of you know, diamond chains being torn down, and then the Indy 11 building that facility down there and we, we, we know about what it's like up in that noblesville area and we've seen the growth you know fletcher place fountain square the growth the growth at mass ave yeah in, in all parts around the city the centralized location of downtown mickey is not doing well and i know that you have your finger on the pulse and you know, the latest is that of the pan am plaza that hotel project what's going on there so last week we broke that the uh, the city of Indianapolis is taking over financing of the Pan Am Plaza uh, Signia Hotel project. And essentially, that's going to be a $510 million uh, project that will, <clears throat> excuse me, in some ways, it will be, it'll operate in a, in a similar way to actually what's happening in, in Noblesville in that the money that is generated on the property is what's going to be used to pay back the project. Uh, so the city isn't creating new taxes for that, but rather they're taking out bonds and kind of leveraging those against the project itself. Um, so that is what they're doing in order to move that project forward because several uh, conventions, including National FFA and FDIC, two big 
uh, conventions that come to Indianapolis every year, amongst others, uh, have said, we need more space or we can't stay in Indianapolis. So this is really Indianapolis uh, trying to keep those conventions here and move this project forward. That makes sense. And I mentioned the distress that you see. And I, I say the centralized portion of downtown, Mickey, where I'm sitting right now, um, it, it's a struggle. I mean, it has been a struggle. And as I also mentioned, you have other portions of downtown. I mean, even down by the Alexander that continues to grow right now. Do they have any plans on you know addressing these serious needs that are going on? Again, in centralized downtown around Monument Circle, is there anything that, that you've heard they're trying to do about that? Because it, it needs some care taken of it, and it needs it fast. Well, certainly there's the, the construction going on on Monument Circle now to actually repair the monument. But but beyond that, I know that downtown Indy is continuing to, to work with uh, Big Car Collaborative to, to try and come up with some ideas for, for activations throughout the summer. They did that a lot last year to try and drive people down to the circle. Uh, and, and certainly... Uh, there are there are more cranes in the air downtown right now than than there than there were perhaps earlier in the pandemic. Uh, so so there's help there, but but I definitely think that there's a lot more that the city and and its partners in downtown Indy and even visit Indy to an extent are trying to do to to bring people down. So Mickey Shue of IBJ, he broke the story regarding the Fort Wayne Mad Ants moving to Noblesville as a part of a deal between the city and Pacer Sports and Entertainment. That's $36.5 million. You know, I mentioned what's going to go down here soon with the Indy 11 and the Diamond Chain Factory. And I probably should also talk about with you quickly what's going to take place with the, the Indy Fuel and um, the, the hockey facility, the facility itself is going up in Fishers. Are all these going to, like, pop at about the same time here? Is that the expectation, all three of these facilities? Uh, especially the uh, the two uh, up in Hamilton County. Uh, those two are going to come online about the same time. Uh, the, the Indy 11 uh, facility is likely to come a few months after that, Uh uh, as it relates to their their construction schedule, but but they're certainly all coming around at the same time, and it's it's definitely an interesting moment for for Central Indiana professional athletics because um, obviously the the trend uh, has is pointing to Hamilton County as being a a obviously a, a highly populated place, but also an area that people are going to for entertainment. Obviously, people have been going there for years for. Uh, Deer Creek now Ruoff uh, for for their music needs, but uh, and and then the Palladium as well. But but I think we're seeing an interesting uh, shift in terms of these smaller professional teams that are that are kind of taking a foothold there and and kind of creating their own uh, fan bases in these neighborhoods and and cities within Hamilton County. Was there ever any thought with the Fort Wayne G League team moving down here to utilize Indiana Farmers Coliseum and what's What's going to happen with that? I know IUPUI plays basketball in there, but beyond that, once the Indy Fuel move out, what's what's going to happen to that venue most of the time? That remains to be seen, really. I, I do know that the the Pacers and Noblesville kind of like that was kind of the one route that they were looking at, rather than than perhaps uh, going to the Coliseum. But there there's definitely a lot of questions about what's going to happen with. Uh, the Coliseum after the fuel move out. And I think the answers to that just remain to be seen.
because they, they did such a good job. I mean, it looks so good right on the inside. I mean, it does. It looks good on, on TV and everything. It just looks like, you know, among the things we were talking about, Fort Wayne kind of being, you know, left. It sounds like the Indiana Farmers Coliseum to a degree, with the exception of, of IUPUI athletics, also kind of being left out here a little bit. I mean, they'll still, I'm sure, have some some music events, yeah. and and then there's the Horizon League uh, basketball tournaments that are that play their championships right. and semifinals every year. So it'll still get some use, I'm sure, but but certainly figuring out uh, the the other 250 days of the year uh, is going to be uh, a question. So are they going to utilize these these other facilities for concerts and everything too? I'm talking about all three: soccer, hockey, and then you know basketball up in Noblesville. These will be multi-use and concerts being in these arenas too. That's the plan. Um, the Indy Fuel definitely have have their sights set on on utilizing that venue up in Fishers uh, quite a bit. Uh, I know that, of course, uh, the Indy 11 really have an interest in bringing international soccer matches to Indy, uh, playing high school games there, especially championship games. Uh, but they also have an interest in, in having um, the uh, having some concerts there. And, and let's not forget about the uh, the women's league team that, that right. the Indy 11 have uh, that, that performed quite well last year. Uh, so I think that that will also be a, a ticket that, that's on the rise uh, once this venue opens, uh, as far as Noblesville goes, I know that Noblesville is going to work um, with Live Nation, uh, the, the the concert promoter, to to try and bring some events to that facility as well. Well, it's interesting too. Now, I leave this up to you, and then I'll let you go here because I'm just not very smart. But what what is the expected? tax situation for those that live in Hamilton County, especially with the two that we mentioned, the hockey and now the basketball facility? Well, as far as the basketball facility goes, it it doesn't seem like it's going to raise any taxes because, again, they're they're basically borrowing against themselves in the performance of the venue. Right. Uh, certainly that'll be backed by taxes if something falls through, but, but if the venue performs as they expect it to, then, then there shouldn't be any need for additional taxes from from what we've been told by by city officials. Um, as far as uh, Fishers goes, um, certainly they're using a little bit of a different setup when it comes to taxes, but uh, but it all should be pretty self sustaining from from what I've gathered. Well done. Mickey Shuey had the story, IBJ, that's IBJ.com, and you can uh, follow him on Twitter, at Mickey Shuey, as well with the latest on the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, evidently down the road being no more. Now, you're going to be on target here with what this team's going to be called, right? Because we really care about that. So Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to be, going to be in on that, too. Hey, Mickey, man, thanks for jumping on here really quick. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Mickey Shuey of IBJ, IBJ.com uh, with that story. That's a lot of venues. There's a lot of venueing going on around here. <laughs> I mean, a lot. So we'll uh, we'll see. Man, I'm telling you, Finch Creek up there, Mojo Up, is a great facility. And it's funny, a lot of you utilize that certainly for basketball. But it's also used for baseball, softball. They have an incredible facility upstairs uh, for basketball that is electronically done. And then the park itself, they have a lot of 
pickleball courts up there for you. Basketball court. I think they have a, a summertime uh, water enjoyment pad that's out there too. There's a lot going on, but Mickey Shuey's right on top of it. Again, IBJ. IBJ.com. Derek White says they are never tax neutral. <laughs> I had to ask somebody that would know. I wouldn't know. Uh, but that's interesting. We got the slicks. That's what we're going to call it. Hey, JMV, any chance you'll be doing a remote at the track this Friday and are there for Grand Prix tickets to be given away? I don't I don't think we have any Grand Prix tickets to give away, do we, this week? I haven't seen any. I already have mine, but it's always easier to get me to a crowd out there with free tickets. I don't think we have any Grand Prix tickets to give away. That's coming up on Saturday. Uh, we just we have qualifying and we have carb day tickets for you. I will say this though, I am going to be on the road on Friday, and you guys are going to love it. I mean, absolutely love it. This has everything to do with Brent Holverson, our betting analyst. You may have heard the story before, but now we're going to do a show up there on Friday that you will love. I got to see everybody on Friday. What's the weather outlook right now? Can you look that up really quick for me, James? before the break, because this is going to require us to be outside. And I dig outside. What do we got? Friday, it looks like it will be 83 degrees with a 60% chance of thunderstorms. All right. I love being outside. (laughs) Thunderstorms, baby. No, you guys got to be there. I'll tell you where we're going to be coming up on the other side. I just saw Jake Query. Jake's going to join us in studio. Also coming up, your calls, your chance to win some tickets, including LL Cool J next hour, Carb Day tickets at some point later on this hour, and Dan Orlowski of ESPN, somebody that saw what he really liked about Anthony Richardson before anybody else. Uh, Dan Orlovsky tells his story coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This situation absolutely requires... A really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Now, Mickey Shuey of IBJ with the G League team movement from Fort Wayne to Noblesville story that he broke a little bit earlier today. That podcast, 107.5thefan.com. That's from my friend Greg. He's very good with numbers. I am not. If the G League team in Noblesville has 30 games a year and gets 2,000 fans for game, this is already over my head, $18 per ticket will be needed just to pay the interest on a $36 million loan at 3%. That's way over my head right there. Interesting story. Thank you, Greg, for that. And thank you, Mickey Shuey, for joining us a little bit earlier, too. Carb Day Tickets, Brian Adams, the headliner. Brian Adams joins us on this show. I cannot wait for that coming up 
tomorrow. Dan Orlovsky is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. LL Cool J tickets for you for that show at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in the 5 o'clock hour as well. But in studio, morning show, Kevin and Query, weekday mornings here, 7 until 10 a.m. And he survived yet another mini marathon. Jake Query joins us. Nips chafed. Everything okay? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie to you, John. Mm-hmm. I you band-aid up? No. I actually, they, they sell a thing called Body Glide. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a deodorant, but like a, like a deodorant stick, but it's mm-hmm. a Body Glide, right? Right. And I absolutely coat myself. Like, I, I am basically like a Crisco can, right? Right. This has not happened to me since the fateful 2004 Brickyard 400 where every single guy that worked that event by the end of the day was walking around like they just got off a, a Bronco. I had some serious um, inner, th- inner thigh chafing. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Sometimes I don't know if that just gets old or no. what. Sometimes I start, I start work, my underwear work holes in it in really weird places well, now. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we can say the name of companies on the air, like yeah. they don't advertise or whatever. I don't care. Do it. Okay. You can do whatever you want here. I went and bought. There's a lotion. Yeah. Um, it's like a gold bond. I mean, Gold Bond, we know about the the Is it the that miracle under boob stuff that chick advertises? Let me that? tell you something. The Gold Bond, I went to, to the store and bought Gold Bond lotion that it, that it says, like, for eczema and other rashes. Yeah. That stuff is a miracle worker. Great. I mean, like, within an hour, it was gone. But the mini was cool. Uh, it was great. What's it, was, it called? They make, sometimes I have that issue. I, I use well, Gold Bond powder. Jo- I just use Jock Itch cream. Let me tell you, <laughs> Gold Bond powder is a miracle <laughs> worker, right? Like that stuff yeah. is unbelievable. And usually that, but that's preventative. After the fact, you got to go with the lotion aspect of it. And it was, I was good to go. I have, uh, I've used the spray powder for a long time, right? The spray powder, body spray powder. Uh, because I, it's, it's been a while, but I, I've started really maintaining my undercarriage. So okay. I've started utilizing that. <laughs> this is different conversation than I had last time I was in this seat <laughs> 11 hours ago or whatever it was, right? Love it. Well, that's important when you run. That's why I don't want to run. And see, I also, I wouldn't mind the bike, but I also would be sensitive to the chafing that could go on. It's not like I'm riding on a banana seat or something. You get that seat and you get a little bit of chafing going on there in your undercarriage area. You have to be well aware of that. It was weird because it didn't happen until, um, it, it didn't rear its ugly head until well after I'd gotten back and napped. The mini is such a weird thing because it's so odd, John, to get home basically go back to bed yeah you wake up at like 11 o'clock and then you look at like your fitbit and you're like um i've burnt four thousand calories today and done twenty three thousand steps it's crazy that's great but it's cool though i mean it's, yeah it's a great you event. just go out it's and just so eat fun. the hell out of everything after that too you know you would think you do but like you just kind of like yeah i mean we went out uh the derby was that night and so we went um actually had you on listen mm-hmm. to some we are family oh yeah and then Block uh, by block with that request. Had a he was over, and a burger. Was over in Irvington. I remember everybody's request. It's weird. Somebody else, what was the other request I heard late at night? And I'm like, man, this is a jam right here. I can't remember. You, you played a lot of good ones. It was a lot good. of good ones. You know? Oh, the 80s nights are always really good, too. It probably should be more. It, normally it is 80s. Well, normally it is. What Sometimes, would you say is the most commonly requested song? Uh, probably Let's Go Crazy by Prince of the Revolution. Uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller is often requested um in the the category of of deep 
cut. Um, I have kind of brought this back to the public eye here locally. David and David's Welcome to the Boomtown. I will play that with my remix of Roadhouse in Dalton's speech. That's requested often, too. Did somebody request Rumors? Uh, by Timex Social yes. Club? Yes. No, I played Don't Stop From Rumors. I think that's probably what okay. I said from Fleetwood Mac. That would have been John and Tara Holt with that request. Now, you know, one other thing, speaking of music, I don't know if you and I talked about this. With the passing of Gordon Lightfoot, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, pa- like in the 70s hour, if you played Oh, I, I started the show with a sky point to Gordon Lightfoot, um, yeah. Did you know that Sundown was written about... John Belushi's girlfriend that was crazy. And you know why Lightfoot wrote it about her? Because she was crazy, right? It was Lightfoot's mistress. Yeah. So Lightfoot was married, was dating her, yeah. They and I think he got a, a domestic charge against, against himself yeah. from her, and then... She ended up with Belushi, and then she ended up going to prison because she's the one that the delivered the hot dose. Correct. Right. I think Correct. is what it, I had no idea. That's gone. what that was about. I also yeah. um, thought forever. Carefree Highway was every highway. <laughs> every highway. I, I, I literally did. Like literally, one time I was looking on. I'm like, wait a minute, Carefree? What? Yeah. Had no idea. Every highway. Yeah. That's what, um, I, I, there's a friend of mine for a number of years that went with ACDC. The song was called. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, and he thought it was Dirty Deeds and the Thunder Chief. <laughs> and he sang it that way every time it came sure. on back in the early and 80s. And probably nobody noticed, the right? The Thunder Chief, yeah. yeah. How See, about that's, this? That's funny. Everybody okay, gets the lyrics one. wrong until now because they're so easily Correct looked up on, on the, Google. Okay, yeah. how about this? Africa by Toto? Yeah. What do they do to the reins? Um, I... I well, I forget now. What is it? I always thought it was, yeah. I miss the rains. Missed, yeah. It's, I bless. I bless the rains. I bless yeah. the rains. And I'm like, why would you? I always thought it was, I miss the rains yeah. in Africa. Yeah, we all screwed that up until now because you just look it up yeah, now. So. For sure. All right, what you guys been doing? Well, I saw, by the way, I heard you talking about the um, the new arena for yeah. the G League team. I guess IUP, is this the same as what IUPY is getting? Because did you see that they also passed for... Money for the for a new arena for IUPUI. So that the Indiana Farmers Coliseum is just going to be used for what? And I, I love Horizon the League tournament. Me too. I think it looks great on the interior. I, I love the Coliseum. I love the history of the Coliseum. Meekum Meekum uh, is coming to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum coming here, up next okay. week. I just got this. Um, among the largest earmarks is an eighty-nine million dollar item for an amateur sports facility on the IUPUI campus in downtown Indianapolis. Hmm. Those involved said it's a bid to keep the state's capital. Um, anyway, so $89 million bid uh, apparently was passed, I guess, um, to to be built on IEPY's campus. I don't know if that means it's officially going to be done, um, but it said that the facility could be built in the next three to five years. Well, they are for sure. You're getting one now, obviously, in, in Noblesville up in Finch Creek. Uh, for the G League team, you're getting the Indy Fuel, getting one in Fishers, and then you've got Diamond Chain with the Indy 11 coming up. And uh, hopefully somebody around here like, puts a little bit of a sensitive touch on the centralized location of Indy because we're, we're losing sight of that. There are great other aspects. Like the whole area down by the Alexander looks awesome. You're right. And I'm sure all these other areas, especially the Diamond Chain, is going to look good. And I know that that will probably push you know, down across I-70 to where Back 9 is over there right now. That will be a nice area. 
but some love and tenderness needs to be placed on where we sit right now. Well, look at Atlanta. Like, if you go to Atlanta, which is a, a huge convention yep. city, a great city, and a big sports city, but, you know, the Braves play out in the Burbs now. Yep. And downtown Atlanta is hotels and a convention center, and that's it. And, and I certainly hope that's not... No, that can't be us, because that's not... That was always... Uh, the mantra here was always centralized location, I, I easy to get to. It, it, you can't reverse course on that ever, I, can I, you? I, hope, I don't know, John. I hope you're right. But, I mean, you, you go through... You go I mean, through Gamebridge downtown is, now. I mean, I mean Gamebridge is going to be here for however. I'll be long dead by the and, time and they Lucas do something Oil. there, and so will Lucas Oil Stadium. You would hope, but well, the got, next time they tear that down and build something new, that's the next Super Bowl that will be but here. But there are a lot of. I just keep going back to, and not to open up an arena that could go on for an hour and a half, but I am all for the expansion, the growth, and the continued progress of this city so long as it doesn't come at the expense of the things and the issues that are already present that are becoming bigger issues by the day and compounding themselves. There's a lot going on, for sure. But yeah, we're trying to think about a uh, Mad Ants rebranding of a name. We came up with a nickname, the Slicks, right? Has to be the Slicks. That's not bad. Somebody said Circle. I think it was Sean Doherty that said Circle City Slicks. You know, Which is a tongue twister for me. Considering their... Considering the sponsorship of Jacks, and considering that at Grand Park you have um, Quack Daddy, then and considering that they're pu- pushing all the sports out to the donut counties, and considering the physique of half of Central Indiana, why not just the donuts? Just call them the donuts, Longs. Yeah, you know, gotcha. No, but I like um, Slicks is good. Actually, yeah, that is pretty really good. good. Sean Darty came up with that. I think that's a good one. I just don't know. It won't be Noblesville. Circle City may be too far away from Circle City to be that, but that is, I mean, uh, I'm sure, be, forthcoming. Are there any G League teams that go by the same city or state name as the parent team? I mean, they could be Indy. They could just be called Indy. Indy Slicks. Right. So. You know, it also works from a racing standpoint. Yeah. Because tires are the Slicks, yeah. right? Hey, speaking of which, you think LL Cool J had any idea there was copyright infringement going on in his words yesterday in Miami? Was he the only one that said it? I don't know. I didn't hear anybody else say it. We had Bowles on this morning, and Doug Bowles said that they have talked to the Liberty Group, which owns Formula One, after one of the races when they were calling it the greatest spectacle in motorsports, and that they agreed that it wouldn't be used again, and that it was They do that purposely, right? They're doing that purposely. Probably. Yeah. Don't you think? I do, yes. Yeah, me too. I, I don't. I'm not speaking on behalf of the Speedway by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think Formula One probably knows from a marketing standpoint what they need to do to get them to keep themselves in conversations. How many American races are there now in F1? Three. Three. You've got Austin, Miami, and Las Vegas, right? Yeah. I mean, there. Isn't it just like I understood the reasons why that it left and why everybody was okay with it. Doesn't it need to be here? I mean, like I didn't dislike it enough for it to be gone, and I know that there are more business reasons than anything else as to why it's gone. But shouldn't it be here? I would agree. If it were about the racing, it would be here. Yeah. But for Formula One, and part of what has made it so appealing is it's about its sexiness. It is right. right. It's about you know Miami, Vegas, Austin. I mean, the, you know, Coda is really nice, but those areas are those are party atmospheres right and 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 elite level party atmospheres that are you you know it's you're bringing monaco here basically yeah right 
And right. so I, I get from that standpoint. But if it were about racing at the biggest venues and the most significant auto racing venues, then yes, it would have to be IMS. Well, it also would cost way too much for them to ever want to pay to bring it here, sure. too. That's the I mean, biggest the, the, thing. The sanctioning fee was was very high, yeah. Did you like it when it was here? I did. I mean, I went um, – it was very hard to cover. I mean, you know, I worked at Channel 6 at the time, and Dave first would cover it, and we only got one credential per outlet, and it was very restricted – and my dad and I went, I'll never forget my dad and I going to the U.S. Grand Prix, and it was the year of the tire debacle. And the race began, I take that back, We went. I, I take it back, I went twice. I went once to the tire debacle, and then my dad and I went another time. And the race began, and my dad, who, who grew up on the Indy 500, said, now, when did they really start jockeying for position on the track? And the guy in front of us turned around and said, uh, yeah, bro, that was qualifying. Because there just wasn't any <laughs> passing, you know what I mean? Right. It's a different animal. Yeah. It's a, It always fascinates yeah. me with MotoGP and Formula One how – we talk about how, like, the United States is the capitalism capital of the world, understandably so. And then the European sports venues come over here, and you're like, where did all this money come from? I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of money that goes into it, not just from a sponsorship standpoint, but from the standpoint of the 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 fans and the people, the the entourages. I mean, it is um, it's unbelievable. But so in that aspect, it was there was a vibe about it that was pretty cool. I went to an after party. That was near northeast side of downtown uh, in an alley over here. I forget what building it was. An after party for the U.S. Grand Prix. And um, the late Dan Weldon was there. Scott Dixon was there in the back. Um, Somebody I won't mention because she wouldn't like it was there. And uh, Rubens Barrichello was there oh, yeah. too f1 driver was there and they were actually it was a party and a dj inside and outside it was some kind of motorcycle thrill show going on i mean it was just a complete circus <laughs> like these motorcycles were coming down this alley going about 120 miles an hour and doing you know circle twists and like stuff hot and wheel loops. yeah seriously just like that in an alley it was literally a mile away from where we sit right here i don't know what building it was do i know the unnamed person oh yeah I've mentioned it before too, and I and um, this person kind of climbed up my rear end about it. So Why? Nah, I don't know. They still live in Indy. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Had an interesting, <laughs> interesting adventure once upon a time in London. Uh huh. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, I, and that wasn't actually a car. At my, yeah. So you know what I mean. A fight broke out amongst rugby teams in London, right? <laughs> yeah, that one, yeah, that yes, it did. Okay. It did. So, yeah, I just, yeah. I like her a great deal. It was, uh, it was a wild scene. It wasn't really made for me. I like parties, but not, uh, not quite like that. Hey, speaking of parties, yeah. great time Friday night um, coming by for Cinco de Mayo. Glad you enjoyed at it. your remote. And I'll tell you what, credit where due, man. Let me tell you something. Credit where due. I love the fact that when it comes to – the Kentucky Derby, one of the great sporting mm-hmm. events in all of mankind, right? Yep. And we have on experts, and you have on experts, and every network has on experts, and everybody's breaking down and handicapping, and you know this horse is good in the mud. This horse is good if it's going to be dry. This horse is good in, in the it, calm when when they're getting posted, and this one if it can get to the rail early, whatever else. And then Brett Holverson just comes out and goes, <laughs> "By the way, the favorite's going to be scratched. He's hurt." <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, holy uh, cow! Then, then our guy Michael Joyce said, "Well, that's just hearsay." And <laughs> well, I got news for you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? No. That's our betting analyst Brent Holverson of Heaven Hill is truly. By the way, if you want to come out Friday. 
our show is at Mystic Waters. So you know that, that Brent is a part of ownership of that campground Boy, I heard him talking about that. It sounded awesome. It's a, it's a I-69 at the Pendleton exit. It's that lake that has the campground right there. We're doing the show there on Friday. That's awesome. And it's going to be great. So you got to come up. Actually, yeah. yeah I Friday. promise you a hell of a good time up there. Grand Prix on Saturday, qualifying on yeah. Friday. We've got Friday night. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you can lose yourself a little bit on, on Friday up there I with like us, that. if you know what I mean. I like that. All right, uh, hang loose right there. By the way, on the other side, I want you to think about this. Uh, for Generation Xers like us, this was, at least in my opinion, the most common party album ever played. Again, with us Generation Xers at any party, most commonly played is celebrating an anniversary release today. We'll get back with that. Think about it. Coming up on the other side, got tickets to give away as well. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, can you name it? Jake Query's in studio with us. Celebrating its anniversary release today. The most common album played at a Gen X party all time. Well, I'll tell you what. This one would be up there if it was the old... In college, you know, we're doing this is it right here. This is it. This is it. Is it legend? Yes. Yeah. Bob Marley, legend. That album, the most commonly played all time. This is very uh, unscientific poll that I've taken here, but I've been to enough parties to know that this is always played at every party. How many parties did you go to? I don't even know if this is politically correct today. Ridiculous. No, they would call it Jamaica Be Crazy. Mm. And it was a you know, and it was like a reggae party, and people would play Bob Marley. This thing played nonstop, and I mean nonstop from '84 when I'm sure it was released originally without CD backing, and once the CDs came out, it was just constant. So yeah, basically from from '88 through you know whenever it was always played, and I'm sure it probably still is. But for Generation X, I mean, I think about things like Steve Miller Band's Steve greatest Miller, hits. I was just going to say or, that's got to yes, be up there, especially where that's I'm way from. Up there. Where I'm from, that was constantly played. Back in Black, ACDC constantly played, but there was no album in the history of Generation X it's that hard I believe to argue was played that. more. I mean, than it's Bob hard Legend. to argue that. Now, for guys, and they, it wasn't a party album. But for my group and my age range, License to Ill is way up there. It's up there, yeah. But we didn't no play doubt. it at parties, to your point. Right. Um, there's no doubt that there were, I mean, there are a few albums that had college parties that were themed around them, like Bob Marley Legend. Oh, and most people thought that, well, I'm talking about a party that everybody's sparking up. That's not it. I mean, there may have no. been people sparking up. I mean, you're correct. We're talking about anything going totally. on. If any party was in a living room or a kitchen and chilling out, this album was being played totally agree. every time. I totally agree with that. And it's a great album, by the way, too. I mean, it's just nonstop with greatness. 
Totally agree with that. So Jay Query's in studio for the morning show. Kevin and Query, that weekday morning show here from 7 until 10 a.m. here on The Fan. Also, Beyond the Bricks coming up later on tonight at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock tonight, yep. I'll be right back in this seat in a couple hours. What do you guys got going on tonight? Uh, Tonight, I think, you know, that's a good question. Mike Thompson pulls the audio together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're going to continue our look at driver hearing from like old interviews, vintage interviews of drivers from the 50s, I think is what we're doing tonight. Um, you know, we, we he's pulled so much audio. It's, it's really unbelievable the amount of audio he has of interviews from Sid Collins and Tom Carnegie. And, you know, you almost forget that like the 70s and 80s are in play as well in the 90s, you know, interviews yep. getting up to that. But we're still kind of in the 50s and 60s at this point. So it's fun, though. I mean, it's fun to... It's pretty amazing some of the stuff we hear. You brought up something this morning when you are trying to figure out... Um, Iozo's Italian Garden. Yeah, um, you came up with I think 1984. Did you say the Indy 500 had how many? 84, 100, many, 112 entrants. 112 entrants. Right, yeah. How many actually tried to qualify? I think that it year? was seventy. That's incredible. I think it was seventy-four that tried to qualify. That's incredible. At some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, we don't even recognize that today. No. I mean, now I mean, you got thirty-four. I remember as a kid, John, like. I remember my dad, for whatever reason, going into Handy Hardware. I'm not even sure what Handy Hardware is or was. Um, and I certainly don't remember a lot of times when my dad was going to the hardware store. But I remember going in and getting up to the counter. And because I think a lot, you know, my dad was probably like working, doing something in the garage and he needed something. So we ran out to, I was a real little kid. And I remember the guy at the counter saying, hang on just a second. And he wouldn't ring up my dad yet because Sneva was making his poll run on the radio. And like the whole store stopped, right, to hear what Sneva, what speed right. Sneva was going to turn. That probably was 78 when, when he turned the 200 for the first time. But, you know, the here's a little trivia for you. The race on the radio. So when when we call the race on the radio and it airs on this station – and people tell me over the course of the year, oh, it's my tradition to listen to the race on the radio while doing blank. Right. The number one thing is people are doing one of three things. Three things. The three absolute most common answers. The first one is they are grilling out like in the yard with their family and whatever else. The second is they're at the lake. Yeah. And they listen to the race. And the third most common theme and thing that people tell me they're doing while they listen to the Indy 500 is clean their garage. Yeah. It's like a tradition for people. They clean their garage on Memorial Day, or excuse me, on the Sunday of Memorial Day and listen to the race. Yeah. I don't know why the race goes with garage cleaning, but that's cool. You know, but it it is, I always found that interesting though. But yeah, the the days of, you know, this year there's going to be a bump. Um, it's going to be tough for R.C. Anderson to get up to speed probably. But then again, I say that. We say that there's going to be a bump because there's 34 cars in entrance and 33 spaces. That's assuming that, that I mean, John, somebody could put it in the wall during qualifying yeah. and they're bounced out and then boom, there's no bump. Yeah. You know, you just never right. know. Right. That's, that was an amazing stat that you gave this morning, though, and I'd completely forgotten how many. You know, the other thing, too, with what was uh, F1 and the greatest spectacle of motorsports, um, I was reminded yesterday about, again, how missed for now two years the voice of Robin Miller oh. is. Can you imagine how much fun R would have had with that yesterday? Can you just imagine? I mean, 
Well, I wouldn't be sitting here with you because he'd be on for an hour and a half going off. It'd be awesome. I'd be home listening to it. It's the best. <laughs> so I was reminded by Robin was in studio with me years ago, and A.J. Foyt had a horse running in the Kentucky Oaks on a Friday, as of last Friday, in front of the Kentucky Derby. And A.J. Foyt was on the phone, and A.J. was yelling in the background and cussing, get telling his horse, to, you know, cheering his horse on. It was just best. classic radio. I you miss know, R so much. Was there anything so better, John, than when Robin would be on with you, or or if you talked to him in person, but even on your show, and he'd make some backhanded, backhanded snide comment and then pause for a second and give that laugh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just, it is so missed. The best, man. So in missed. So many areas. What do you guys got going on in the morning? Uh, tomorrow, actually, we're going to have Danny Warfel on to talk about Anthony Richardson because who knows Florida quarterbacks like a Florida quarterback. And then Elio Castroneves will join us as well tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. What is it? No, trying for number five, right? Still? Drive for five, baby. So this Penn is not going to be East his Coast last Cubs. one. There's no way this is going to be the last one for Tony Kanan either, right? He'll just keep on going and going I, I in would, this race. I would think if there are viable rides for either, right. they're going to continue. By the way, your chance at uh, Penn Station East Coast Subs with Meyer Shank Racing to win uh, a chance to come out on Carb Day, meet Elio, and then get a little tour from me. I like out of the track. Penn Sta- is the Penn Station on their car? Yes. Penn nice. Penn Station in the drive for five for Elio. You know, Penn there Sanders. was a point where Penn Station, I don't think they do any longer, but there was a point, this probably six, seven years ago, when they had a grilled bologna sandwich. It was incredible. You know what? I'm almost getting the food arousal right here because of it. So you may see it. Mike Shank, who owns Meyer Shank Racing, yeah. would be he would go well in Greene County because he could bring that kind of sandwich from Penn Station and his favorite <laughs> beer, which is Bush Light. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling He's you, two man. For two down there, but maybe. they they would ma- they made a fried bologna grilled bologna sandwich. That's solid. It was good, man. So good. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. All right, see you, John. Quick break. We'll come back. A lot of tickets coming up at the five o'clock hour, and Dan Orlovsky of ESPN coming up too. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, here's what I got for you. Carb day tickets and qualifying tickets. The talented Carb Day Soul Asylum, the headliner. You'll hear this song from Brian Adams coming up on the 26th. Brian Adams joins me on the show coming up tomorrow. So Brian Adams on the show tomorrow. He's the headliner, and this is your cue to call. Number 9 at 239-1070 will go to Carb Day. Get free tickets for that and qualifying tickets, number 9 at 239-1070. And again, Brian Adams coming up on the show tomorrow. And that's weird. It's kind of a little bit different. Like when you're talking sports, I'll give you a great example. So Dan Orlovsky is going to join me coming up in the better part of five minutes or so. I'm going to get to a couple of calls, and and then when Dan calls, we'll go to him. Uh, that that comes you – know, I, I could do that without doing prep with what is going on. 
Uh, but as much as I know about Brian Adams and his music, I still want to do a little bit because I know this. I know that he was really close to Gordon Lightfoot, who passed away at the age of 84 last week. And I want to make sure, you know, if you're kind of doing a crossover, you want to make sure that you're really and truly ready for it. So it's a little bit different. I can't wait, though. Cannot wait. That's going to be a great show. On Carb Day, and then Brian Adams joins me here coming up tomorrow. Friday's show is going to be at Mystic Waters, a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Mystic Waters is a great campground. It's uh, a campground that surrounds a lake. It's right off of I-69 at the Pendleton Exit. And our betting analyst, Brent Halverson, talks it up all the time. And Brent's going to be up there with us. So that means Heaven Hill Distillery Products will be up there with us. And I know my man Matt said, are we all spending the night? Is this this an (laughs) all-nighter? I don't know if it's going to be an all It may end up being an all-nighter. It is not planned as I sit here and talk with you to be an all-nighter. It might end up that way. Uh, You know, the all-nighter, like a softball all-nighter. You guys have like been in a softball all-nighter before, right? Most of the time, there was nothing better. The only time that it really got a bit sketchy is when you had to come out of your drunken state after passing out in the back of a truck to play a team at 3.30 in the morning. That's the only time the all-nighter wasn't great. Uh, We did the uh, Murray Forest Park in Bedford all-nighter, softball-wise. Okay, you got a 3.30 game, and then you got like uh, everybody where I'm from had a pickup truck, so you had a bed. <laughs> All right, somebody just passed out. But I don't know if that's going to turn into an all-nighter, but it is going to be a blast. Mystic Waters coming up on Friday. Me, Brent Halverson, and I want to see all of you. So, Matt, uh, that is something where you do not need to RSVP, but we would love to see you out there. Absolutely fantastic. That's coming up on Friday. Steve just won. Uh, line four is Steve. Steve, did you win those Carb Day tickets? I sure did. Thank right. you very much. You got it, buddy. Carb Day and qualifying. Soul Asylum and Brian Adams, you going to stay for the show? Yes. Well done right there. Have you ever seen either? No. All right, Steve. Congratulations on the tickets. I'm going to put you, you on hold and uh, make sure James will set you up. We'll be doing that all week long, by the way. But uh, you'll have a great time. Also, later on in the show, LL Cool J, among others, at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Your chance to win those tickets coming up in just a bit. Dan Orlovsky, whenever he calls, Bill right now at 239-1070. Hello, Bill. JB, how you doing today? It was great to see you at La Hacienda. You and Tyler, your son showed up. That was outstanding. I'm glad you brought your son. And what a great Cinco de Mayo we all had. It absolutely was, and and uh, I was really happy that uh, he, he got a chance to see what dear old dad does when he slips out of here. But, uh, <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do some father and son uh, bonding. I think at Twin Peaks when, yes. whenever you guys go back there. I think well, that's a, a, a good I, place. I have a I believe the first I want to say the first Friday of June we are going to open up the new one down in Greenwood. 
Well, that'd be good. That's good for my family. Yeah, sure, good. we're going to open that's up the new one in Greenwood. I, I think we're going to be we're going to do our first show. I want to say that first Friday in June at the brand new County Line Road Twin Peaks location. Man, I'm putting that on the count. What, what's the date on that again? Uh, I don't know. So whatever the first Friday I think of June is, right there. First Friday in June. I don't have it in front of me now. Mystic Waters, Bill. Friday. That also. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna miss out on that. So, mm. so yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good week. Yeah, no but, doubt. You know, and the, the uh, I think the Noblesville team needs to be called the Noblesville DUIs, <laughs> because everybody up there has one. <laughs> It's Hamlin County, baby. You <laughs> yeah. Gotta, you got to keep it real. <laughs> it probably. Miller's has already taken. Probably won't be called that, but it is a $35.5 million facility. So a lot of people are asking if this makes economical sense. I I, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not very bright with that. But I will. We, we're going to go with the slicks, I think, right there for real. That's got to be it. That's not too bad of a road trip either. So yeah, yeah, bring them, bring them on down. That's what I say. Yeah, and I tell you, I, I think in, in all the years that I've been watching NBA basketball and specifically NBA playoffs, I don't think I've seen the quality of play this good, all around play, off, offense and defense. I haven't seen play this good. I don't think ever, and the un, most unstoppable play in basketball was achieved by the 76ers yesterday where they gave Embiid the ball up at the top of the key and then he just drove down the right side of the lane and James Harden was out the right side of the of the court behind the three-point line and it forces the other team to figure out if they're going to yeah, the double team beat Embiid yeah. and, 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 and Harden. Well, yeah. I think I, I think that that Harden is one of the greatest shooters of all time. Really, I, I think he's kind of proven that. Well, and, I'm, and I've tonight. never been a big fan, but I will say this. It wasn't a great pass either. It was a little bit to his left. Now, Harden's left-handed, so he just kind of reeled that thing in and shot it and knocked it down. But I would I would agree. It was a great pass, uh, and he got set behind the arc. He had a great afternoon of shooting for Philly. So he was, no doubt, he had a, a fantastic – I'm not the biggest fan of his, but he had some shot-making ability in that game yesterday yesterday especially down the stretch he really did he really lit it up and and tonight uh i predict that uh, cody zeller and julius randall are gonna are gonna get into it <laughs> so. something's, gonna, something's gonna happen there mystic yeah. waters on friday billy too we'll see you there you betcha all right that's friday shane says this i know you can't admit this on the air but i don't think there was a single person that said brian adams and soul asylum are playing carb day we gotta go uh this is always different shane because it doesn't matter what happens out there, people are going to go. But let me tell you this. First of all, Dave Perner and Soul Asylum are awesome. But Brian Adams rarely goes out. And this is not just somebody that is playing, you know, the county fair. This is like this guy's on a nationwide tour right now. I'll tell you, it is going to be one of, if not the best ever carb day performance i will guarantee you that now i think everybody widely looks at journey as being the best but i mean still journey didn't have steve perry and doesn't have steve perry so that's still different and i know that that scott wyland and stp was was out there when he was still with us years ago and that was noted as a good one 
But I guarantee you this, this is going to be one of the greatest performances you have ever seen for Carb Day out there. So try not to be way, way too drunk. LL tickets still to come. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from ESPN, he is a former Colts quarterback, been very outspoken regarding the uh, drafting at number four overall by the Colts of Anthony Richardson. Dan Orlovsky joins us now. Hey, Dan, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I cannot wait to get your point of view on the path the Colts are on right now because you and I have talked to a number of years regarding after Andrew Luck and what they've been trying to do. And it's been an effort, right? But it hasn't worked. And now you go down the path of a youthful quarterback, in this case 20, going to be 21 years of age. Do you like the Anthony Richardson pick? And how do you think this is going to work out both in the short and your opinion in the long with the Colts quarterback? back then yeah so i love the pick um i love it even more so for indy and the marriage with the head coach shane steichen um listen i thought carson was going to be really good for them but carson couldn't get things together post injury and and then kind of with the the intangibles off the field i thought matt would play better um more solid football last year than he did this is why i love anthony um I called Anthony's games two years ago in college football, and I remember watching him just play and on the broadcast going, what is this guy? I've never seen anything like him. And then called games last year. I called his first game of the season against Utah, best player in the field. And I think at where we are in the NFL nowadays with the quarterback position, um, he's the most physically talented athletic quarterback that's ever been drafted into the NFL. I mean, it's... The, the athletic talent is off the charts. But then when you watch him play, when you talk to the coaches, when you hear the stories about how intelligent he is, how good his work ethic is, how much his leadership has grown the more he's matured, and you sit there and go, this player is big, fast, tall, powerful, strong, athletic, natural thrower of the football with high intelligence, great work ethic, and good leadership. I just don't see how a person that has all of those attributes fails. And um, I think that Chris kind of said it best, like I'm not swinging for a home run, I'm shooting for a grand slam. And um, mentored the right way and kind of unlocked the right way, he's a superstar. It's uh, Dan Orlowski of ESPN on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I was told that this was 110% a Shane Steichen call right here. At least all the voices in the room, he had the loudest voice as now an incoming first-year head coach after being the OC in Philadelphia. Does that seem like a really strong marriage between the coach that's incoming, that's going to call the plays, and knows what he wants in a quarterback, and the quarterback that wants to develop, in this case, these other skills through his coach is this perfect in your sense moving forward here perfect perfect absolutely ideal i i say this all the time when guys go to the nfl or players kind of change from one team to another and the question we in the media always get asked is how's the fit and i say it should never fit in the nfl it's the nfl these players should thrive in places or be in positions to and that's what anthony has Steichen had Justin Herbert as a rookie. And Justin Herbert was a little bit of a question mark as well because, you know, you, you watched him play college football and you're like, nah, that doesn't make sense because you should be better than you are. And he goes on to win offensive rookie of the year with the big plays down the field. And then he takes Jalen Hurts. And I have a ton of respect for what Jalen has become. 
but Anthony is more talented. Now, I don't know if he has Jalen's maniacal work ethic. I don't know, but he's more talented. And I think that's kind of been the big the thing that I've pushed back against for people for so long is they've always you know, the last four months is, well, this Richardson kid's a project. No, he's not. He's just inexperienced. Uh, you got to sit him and let him develop. No, you don't. You unleash him because of his running ability that you can simplify defenses. And I think Shane's experience last year is going to be enormous in getting Anthony on the field and getting Anthony playing well very early on in this season. Hey, Dan, do you think that Anthony should have been the number one overall selection? Or again, does it come down to what we just had talked about? It was a great fit with new head coach and now the new long-term quarterback. And the same could be said, you know, regarding Bryce Young, regarding C.J. Stroud. Or would you have gone with Richardson with that immense talent, at least the outlook, as the number one overall selection had you had the opportunity? Yeah, so I would have thought long and hard about Anthony at number one. Um, so to share some, you know, information and conversations, I can I can 100% t- tell you, and I've said this, that Carolina did think about him at number one long and hard. And I kind of came to the decision about a month ago. If I was the Carolina Panthers, I probably would have taken Bryce Young and just always kept one eye open on Richardson with the hopes that I don't regret it. Um you know, it, it, I know that Carolina, I had text messages from people that I know, both in Carolina and Houston and Atlanta and so many other teams that would sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, just watch this tape. Or, wow, seeing him throw in person with emoji eyes type of thing. So um, I think a lot of the narrative that was getting spread around Anthony um, was not shared by the NFL community. And, um yeah, I, I would have thought long and hard. I think the thing that you don't know from picking a quarterback from the inside, like meaning you're in the building, is really hard. We know that, right? Kind of seeing these guys from the outside is hard. Is harder because if you told me Anthony has got 50% of Jalen Hurts' work ethic, then I would say take him number one overall and be thankful that you got the number one pick. But I just don't know how hard these guys are going to chase after their weaknesses and their flaws. Um, you hear, but you don't know. Um, but I would have thought long and, hard, long and hard about him being number one. Dan Orlowski of ESPN's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. People ask me this all the time, Dan, and I'm sure you probably heard the same thing. All right, so what is the timetable here? And my timetable is get his ass in the game ASAFP. Now, that's not putting him in jeopardy by any stretch if he's absolutely and clearly not ready, but sooner rather than later for me. How about you? Okay, so I'd, I would I would make him prove to me that he's not capable of starting. Okay, you got to prove to me that you're incapable of it, not that you're ready for it, or that you are capable. That you're incapable. That you're going to hurt yourself, or you know, mentally just be so fragile that you can't handle failure. Uh, so number one, the, Trey Lance is the perfect example. Trey Lance for San Francisco, who was drafted three overall a couple years ago, has thrown 416 passes. In two and since 2016, so in seven years, that young man has thrown 416 passes. Probably during the seven greatest growth development years of that position in his life, he's thrown 416. Passes. He's got to play. You got to play to develop and grow and get better. I think the second thing is 
if Anthony is mentally capable of handling struggle and difficult times, because there are going to be them, then you play him. And the third thing is this. Um, I think because of the Shane and the, the marriage that they have and Shane's experience last year with Jalen and then the ability to run him, and utilize quarterback run, you are going to see significantly simplified defenses, especially on early downs, first and second downs, because when you have to play 11-on-11 football, offense versus defense, you can't be that exotic because you got to see so much and you got to be so disciplined because you make one mistake, there is no longer an extra body to make a – know play saving tackle type of thing so um unless he's totally incapable of handling the failure mentally and you're scared to scar him i'd play him you know what's funny dan about this i had chris ballard on my show at the combine back at the end of february and he talked about not falling in love with the combine and individual workouts he's going by the tape and obviously 13 games is not a lot to go by so i just think it's human nature and i kind of fell into it as well when he had that he being anthony richardson that pro day i thought Holy crap, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And, I, and I try to be guarded in doing this job to make sure I just I, I don't fall in love with pro days, which by design want to make that guy look the best. But I think really me, Chris Ballard, everybody kind of fell in love with Anthony Richardson and his athleticism in a pro day. And you, you kind of have to because there's such a small guidance of 13 sure. games to tell you on tape. Sure. I mean, I started the, the the interview with you telling you I fell in love with him two years ago calling his game. Yeah. I think the big thing is this. When when you watch Anthony and you, you watch the pro day and you watch the combine, you have a massive appreciation for the athleticism. I mean, he would be a top five or ten pick if he played defensive end because of the physical presence and the athleticism that he has. But I think the big thing that has been lost in all of this, again, conversation around Anthony is watch him throw and tell me if it looks natural or not. You don't need to play in the NFL forever to just watch somebody throw a football and be like, oh, yeah, that looks natural. Or watch someone throw a football and be like, nah, that that doesn't look like natural. And when when I say that is like – um, if you watch Anthony's left arm when he throws, watch what happens when he throws the football where the left arm is. It hangs right at his chest. That is a very natural motion. It is not herky-jerky. It is not elbow all flailing out. It's, it's a very natural thing. Um, when you watch the ball go from where he carries it to go back, it's very natural. And I would push to people and say this. If you watched Mitchell Trubisky throw, that wasn't natural. If you watched um, a player like a Tim Tebow throw, that wasn't natural. If you watched Trey Lance throw, and I got a lot of love for Trey, it's not natural. Anthony is very loose up top. And that's why I kept telling people, Josh, like, Anthony's big and muscular, but not boxy and tight. You know, Josh Allen's the same way. Josh Allen is an enormous human, but he's very loose. His upper body is very loose. And Anthony's the same way. It's very loose. And I think that's the difference is when you take the athleticism and you fall in love with it, but then watch the player throw, you're like, oh, that's just a quarterback who happens to be really athletic than a really athletic person throwing. 
Colts, Dan Orlowski of ESPN. So the Colts were all over the ice over the course of last season, obviously. You know, bring in Jeff, and that certainly didn't work out. Shane Steichen ended up being the guy, and it seemed like that he immediately had a great deal of love for Anthony Richardson. And I want to go back to something I brought up with you at the beginning of the conversation, that he had the loudest voice in that room from what I had heard, you know, among Ballard and Ursay and everybody else that had judged the quarterbacks and who they were going to end up picking. I think that's a good thing, and I wanted that to happen before the draft. I wanted him to have the loudest voice and his choice, and clearly it did. I think that's a very good starting point. Absolutely. I I think the big thing, too, is like making sure – that I think it became an issue if Chris had pushed back and been like, absolutely not. Yeah. But once the general manager is like, no, I kind of see it. Like, I get where he's coming from, and then, like, I'm on board with it. The coaches, you hire the coach to take the player to where that player can go, right? It's where are you and where can you go? And we, we see it all the time in the NFL that, well, the head coach, like, this player, this style of player, and the general manager is like this, and it's like, hey, coach, do what do what you need to do with the players I've given you. And the coach goes, well, you haven't given me the players that I want. <laughs> you know, and it's, well, we wonder why teams fail on a consistent basis. So um, as long as, you know, Chris Ballard kind of signed off on it, which by all accounts it, it was the case, I, I always think, especially at that position, the coach has got to be the guy that loves him. It's Dan Orlowski of ESPN with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It seems like it's been a while since good fortune and something had really worked, and I mean consistently worked around here, and I know people are hoping that that this pick, among yeah. others, and now everything with Shane Steich is going to be going in the, in the right direction because it seems like it certainly has been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's... You know, I kind of uh, we talked about it a little bit on SportsCenter today, what quarterbacks under the most pressure, and I said... It's really two, C.J. and Anthony, because, you know, they're in the same division. Houston took C.J. before they took Anthony. Indy wanted Anthony, who made the right choice. And in many ways, they're both replacing really, really good players. I mean, C.J.'s replacing Deshaun Watson, who on the field was – Remarkable, and Anthony is replacing Andrew Luck, and those are like both teams are still trying to find that guy, and it still feels relatively new. So, yeah, there's a there's big expectations and tons of pressure, and and hopefully Indy for their fans got it right. Yeah, dripping with drama. Well, I mean, Will Levis, you know, goes in the second round of Tennessee. <laughs> a lot of people thought, including myself, he could end up here. A lot of people thought he could end up in Houston, and then you know, I don't think the Colts had any interest in Stroud. Had he been available it's just it's like dripping with drama for the first time in the AFC South which I think gives gives people a lot of good reason to tune in I guess in the years to come around here hey thanks for jumping on I appreciate that get up NFL live and everything NFL wise ESPN and the former Colts quarterback Dan Orlovsky on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline appreciate you being on the show today Dan thank you very much thanks bud it's uh Dan Orlovsky on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline yeah, a lot of stuff right there. We'll get into that coming up on the other side, too. As we mentioned earlier, Jim Irsay did not take kindly to the report that the Washington Commanders did reach out to Andrew Luck. To me, this doesn't matter to me, but to them and to Jim Irsay, it does twofold on this we'll double back to that coming up in a minute get to the nba postseason coming up later on tonight the greatest spectacle in motorsports had everybody around here pissed yesterday everybody 
Get back to that as well. Dan Orlovsky, podcast 1075thefan.com. Plus your chance to win coming up too before 6 o'clock. Don't leave. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, track sides tonight, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, has Beyond the Bricks. Jake Query a little bit earlier. Mickey Shuey broke the story in IBJ earlier today about the Fort Wayne Mad Ants moving to Noblesville in a $36.5 million facility. That's an arena and an event center being constructed up at Finch Creek Park to house the new G League team. The old Fort Wayne team, the new G League team in Noblesville. No word yet on the name, but because of Sean Doherty and other really smart people here, the nickname has, I think, has to be it here, the Slicks. The Slicks is what everybody has gone with so far, and I would agree. But that was the story that came across a little bit earlier today. Dan Orlovsky, really good regarding his thoughts on the draft. I don't know how this is all going to turn out because it does remain to be seen. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, the Colts are still talking about how great this is going to be and how great that is going to be. That's commonplace after the draft. Everybody's great after the draft. You find out exactly if they're great or not upon them playing on the field. You know, the one thing that held true, and I haven't always obviously been on board with Chris Ballard's stuff, but the, you know, the tempering, the enthusiasm of expectations, if you weren't already there, you probably certainly are regarding his take after the draft, and really you should be. Uh, There is no question that you should be. Just know that most of you come prepared, just be prepared for it. Uh, Just a thought. All right, so this is according to Adam Schefter. You guys ready? Among the changes to the schedule this season, of course, the schedule will be released coming up on the 11th. What is that, Thursday the 11th? Thursday the 11th. Uh, The NFL will have a Black Friday game for the first time ever. Games don't necessarily belong to networks any longer. All games are free agents. So that's going to be weird. It was kind of weird anyway, trying to figure out where, why this game was here and why that was on Fox and it's not NFC and why that was uh, on CBS and it wasn't AFC. So I guess we just completely take that train of thought out of our mind. Teams can be on Thursday night football twice. Would you want to be a team that's on Thursday night football twice? And here's one for you. you guys ready for this? Because this was asked a little bit earlier about a primetime spot. Not all teams are guaranteed to have a primetime spot. So what do you think? 
If you were a betting individual right now, do the Colts get a prime time spot? Not all teams are going to get one. Again, Thursday, May the 11th. According to Schefter, the schedule will feature 14 playoff rematches from a year ago, the most in a season in NFL history, including rematches of the Super Bowl, Chiefs and Eagles, both conference championships, Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Eagles, and all four divisional games, Bengals, Bills, Jaguars, Chiefs, Cowboys, 49ers, and Giants and Eagles. So, Black Friday game, no longer belonging to networks. Again, that is weird. (laughs) That is weird, especially growing up. Growing up the way that you did, I grew up a Bears fan. So, you know, then the AFC was on NBC and the NFC was on CBS. So, uh, I think it was WTHI and Terre Haute Channel 10 had every Bears game. That was back when the Cardinals were in St. Louis. The Colts weren't here yet. And you got, and these were some bad Bears teams too. You got every Bears game. Because before they got good, once once Mike Ditka got there, they started to get good, maybe tail end. I can't remember, 83, I know 84. You know, they made it all the way to the uh, conference championship game and then 85 obviously winning it. But once they started getting good in the mid-80s, They were always in that 1 o'clock window, and you would just be watching basically for Walter Payton. But they no longer belong to networks. All games are free agents. Teams can be on Thursday night football twice, and not all teams are guaranteed a prime timer there. Just a thought. It's from Jim McCann of Southern California. Great to hear Dan Orlovsky share his observations, breakdown of the athleticism and analysis of Anthony Richardson's natural throwing abilities. That is the first time, Jim, I will say that. That's the first time that anybody has brought up that aspect. I really appreciate the viewpoint. I don't miss the schlep rock at all. <laughs> Probably so. It's from John Buzzard. So, JMV, as I drove to watch my son run for the Noblesville Millers track team, I stand with you on the fact that running is indeed punishment. No way I'm volunteering to run that much. I'm going to tell you, my kid runs distance, and I think he's a psychopath. (laughs) He, He does it voluntarily, eagerly. Hey, speaking of which... Quick shout-out before the break, and we'll come back and get some final phone calls and close out. So on Saturday, uh, Blake and I, we volunteered over at Gleaner's Food Bank. We did that about a month ago. I think we did it on Easter weekend on a Saturday, and then we did it again this past Saturday. And uh, it was awesome. I would, again, I would uh, push all of you to do that, especially do it with your kids. Like It's a really good experience. Just hanging out with Blake and doing that with Blake. You know, so many folks so appreciate that. It was it was awesome. And a, a shout-out to Joey. That's Joey Inskeep, who runs stuff or was running stuff over there that day. And I had completely forgotten about this because last time we didn't get there in time, there's a video that kind of sets it up for you. And we were in, we were in charge of produce. 
So I had, I had, I had the pineapple, but um, I didn't. I had forgotten. I guess I thought I knew, but maybe I didn't. But Fred Glass, the former IU athletic director, is the CEO at Gleaners. And so I sit down, we sit down to watch this video, and uh, all of a sudden there's Fred Glass, and I, I text him, and I said, man, your face is right here. There it is. Completely forgot. But uh, Joey Joey gave us a tour afterwards of the warehouse over there. It's absolutely incredible. What a great job that they do. I think we went 800-plus families that day. And it's a feel-good in general but it's a an incredible feel good when you're there and you're doing that with your kid or your kids. Now, initially, a month ago, I didn't plan on doing it. And then they said, well, you know, Blake's not old enough. He needs a chaperone. So whoever, whoever is with him has to do it. And so then I did it with him then. But this was on a volunteer basis. And it is so incredibly gratifying. Again, yeah, if you got the time inclination on a Saturday. There are various ways you can do it. Uh, It's a feel good. It really is. And especially enjoying that time with your kid. I really did enjoy it. I wanted to thank Joey and everybody out at uh, Gleaners. Jeff and Steve that get the line of cars going. But we had a great group. And we'll definitely do it again. Bill asked this, so it's 540. Did I miss the tickets to LL Cool J? You did not. LL Cool J tickets coming up for somebody in just a bit. Quick break and we'll come back. If you're on hold, we'll get to you. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, Jake Query of the Morning Show, and Mickey Shuey of the IBJ with the breaking news a little bit earlier about what is going to be yet another arena here in central Indiana. Noblesville coming up with one at Finch Creek for the G League team. There's going to be one for the hockey team, the Fuel and Fish and of course here on the uh, near southwest side of downtown comes a soccer facility so you got a lot working around here uh, mickey was really good at that breaking news podcast with each 1075thefan.com quick break we'll come back somebody's going to win some ll cool j tickets and more next whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, LL Cool J is going to be a great show coming up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. You guys ready for it? LL Cool J and uh, others. I, I can't remember if Rakim is involved in this one or not. I know Bone Thugs and Harmony will be there. Big Boy is going to be there. Rakim is there. Oh, Rakim is there too? I, I know that they're going to have some at some sites and others at others. It'll be kind of a rotating set. Uh, with the exception of L.O. Cool J. August the 20th, that's on a Sunday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. August the 20th, and the headliner is L.O. Cool J. 1987 Fresh Fest Market Square Arena. Run DMC was a headliner. They didn't show up for whatever reason. L.O. Cool J took over the reins as the headliner and smashed it. 
It was my first Fresh Fest. <laughs> and that's what they used to be called, Fresh Fest. It was great. LL Cool J, Dougie Fresh, and the Get Fresh crew, Eric B. and Rakim, Public Enemy, and Houdini. You talk about the elite of the elite of hip-hop. Classic hip-hop, that's it. Then we uh, went from, I think we went to others. I, I've seen a Public Enemy twice. Just both times incredible. I mean, nobody controls it like Chuck D. And I know the, the clownery, the artistry of Flavor Flav is one thing, but nobody controls a place like Chuck D. That's great. I think that one had Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, Ice T. And I think Ice T is either a part of this or he's in the rotation on this tour, too. Man, was that a time. Uh, both times at Marcus Square Arena. I think once, that was 87. The other I attended was 91. But 239-1070, that is going to be your cue to call. Yeah, I'm seeing Bob Huggins of West Virginia, the head coach, apparently went on with Bill Cunningham at LW today and uh, made an interesting reference to Xavier. And uh, with that, West Virginia (laughs) had to counter with a press release that reads as follows, quote, earlier today on a Cincinnati radio program, I was asked about the rivalry between my former employer, the University of Cincinnati, and his crosstown rival, Xavier University. During the conversation, I used a completely insensitive and, yeah, let's see here. I just lost it. I saw my page just went down here. <laughs> Hold on. I was going to read the rest of it here. I can't read the middle part of it now. I deeply apologize to the individuals I have offended. I'm sorry. My page disappeared right there to read the rest of it. That was Bob Huggins on a Cincinnati radio station earlier today. I think it was with Bill Cunningham. I went on with Bill Cunningham one time, twice, actually twice. And I went on with Bill Cunningham after, um, remember when Carson Palmer got rolled up in that playoff game? That was basically, that was kind of the end of his career almost right there, wasn't it? He got rolled up on. And Bill Cunningham called me a true American, I think four or five times. And he wanted to see the same thing happen to uh, Roethlisberger at that time. So I found the full statement. If you want to, if you want to read it. No, that's okay. I, just, okay. I got most of it right there. I'm sorry, <laughs> no it just way. disappeared on me right here. I think most of it. <laughs> so, this is what happens sometimes with the technology. It just disappears. It was a lengthy statement. I believe he referenced. Is that in front of you? Two Catholic blanks is what he said, or something like that. I think is what Huggins said. Oh, yep, that is what he yeah. said. Yep. So that is that is one. I mean, Bill, you know, Bill Cunningham on LW probably went crazy over that, and that got Bob Huggins in some trouble. Uh, JMV PE at Fresh Fest was incredible. They were. And 1987. That was very early stages, but it was great. Music Mac is at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Mac. 
How you doing, John? I'm back. I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. That's good. Uh, beautiful weather we're having when it quits raining, isn't it? Is it raining? No, no. I mean, it, the past weeks or so, it's rained. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I got out there and mowed a little bit yesterday because it stopped for like five minutes. But I will say this, Mac, from the time that I left at midnight on Saturday night, Sunday morning, basically until 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, it did nothing but thunder and lightning and storm around here. Yeah, I know. So you appreciate it when it doesn't do that. Yep. What do you got, buddy? Uh, had a good time uh, Friday at La Hacienda, man. That was uh, oh, that was Yeah, a good I'm time. glad you made it. It was great to see you. And then what's going on on Friday? We are going to Brent Holverson's place, which is Mystic Waters Campground, I-69, Pendleton Exit. Now, you can see it if you're going northbound. You can see it. It's on the left side there. And it's a lake surrounded by a bunch of cabins and a campsite right there, or a campground right there. Yeah, it's right off of the Pendleton exit. Pendleton exit off 69? Yep, it'll be awesome, I promise. And uh, Brent's Brent's got a part of that, and we're going to have Heaven Hill Distillery Products. I think we're giving away a staycation up there, too, so it's going to be great. So, I mean, is it is going to start around 3 when you start? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a regular show. We're just going to go do it from there on Friday, just like we normally do. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. So, so overall, what did you think of the draft? Um, overall, I had no problem with it. I found it tough to be mad about it just because they addressed the needs that they had to. The only issue, if I were to find anything, is I would put more stock into, instead of worrying about having you know 19,000 fifth-round picks, I'd put more stock into trying to get back up and get a little bit higher. To me, I think you needed to look at more or a higher level of talent than just trying to fill all these roster gaps right now i i know what they're doing they're trying to throw darts at a dartboard to see if they can come up with something big and you know if there's one thing ballard has done um well in the past it's been coming up with you know later round individuals but this team just needs i think a higher level of talent that i don't know if you all together get if you're just happy with trading back and getting like five to seven fifth rounders i would rather see them try to get back up a little bit further but all in all they addressed everything that needed to be addressed i get that part of it and we'll wait and see and evaluate it once they get on the field i think one of the best pieces that we added was somebody we didn't even draft i've read a lot about that guard out of alabama yeah and he's a local kid yeah he's you are from a cathedral high school yes and he should have been drafted and uh, he, he could be another just saturday man he could be a dive in the rough well, I mean, and they well, listen. I mean, they need a right guard right now too. They need a right guard for an offensive line that didn't play well at all a year ago. They're putting a lot of stock in this offensive line playing well. So, we'll see. Well, think, Anything yeah, else, I, Mac? I that, no, that's it. Mac, I'll that's see it. you on Friday. Sounds good. Thank It'll be you, a great John. event. Mystic Waters, Pendleton Exit, I sixty nine, Friday. Richard is next. Hello, Richard. Richard is not next. Aaron steps in at 239-1070. Hello, Aaron. Hey, John. I got a couple of things. Thanks, and I want to see what you respond to. You. First okay. of all, this here, uh, my, uh, NB, uh, G Lee. Yeah. I got, a, I got a great name for them when they move to Novaville. But first, to set it up, if the people think that those bonds are going to run out, 
after they pay for the stadium, what's going to happen? They're going to have to start doing repairs. They're going to keep it going. And they're going to continue to take the money. So that's why they should be named the Nobleville GI, the gullible idiots, for continuing to let their money be stolen by these here rich, spoiled brats that own these things and taking the taxpayers' money. As far as uh, Richardson is concerned, I really believe he's going to be a superstar. Look at all the celebrities that want to hang around him already before he picked up a football. And the narrative about uh, the new coach was that when he was hired, that he could take a, a young quarterback and work with them and work out the kinks in their That's game. true. That's true. But as soon as they found out it was Richardson, the same one that was pushing that narrative, I don't know who's I don't know who's preaching that, but I just know no, this. Just in town I, I just know that consistently that. right here, that was basically what we talked about the entirety of the time is that you let him. That's why he had the loudest voice in there, Aaron. You let him nope. decide what he wants. Now, I've been down this path before. I, listen, I, I don't I don't really care what others may have said. I just care about what I said. And what I want to say consistent with here is that when you bring Steichen in, as you rightly said, you should let him be the most clear voice in bringing the quarterback, drafting the quarterback that he wants to work with. Because you're right, everybody has talked about the success he has had. You know, whether it was with Herbert or Rivers, Rivers is already established. I always hesitate to say him, but certainly Justin Herbert and certainly Jalen Hurts. That's why he should have the loudest voice. You know, it's weird. The one thing that I haven't heard a lot about, I haven't heard a lot of negativity. Like, I haven't heard that amount of negativity. All I've heard is, well, if... They can mold him into what they believe he can be or mold him into what it would appear you get to work with athletically, then you're going to have something on your hands. But I have not heard, not even really a small percentage of negativity about that. I don't know. Maybe we're not listening in the same spot. Maybe I'm just listening to what I have to say, and I know how I feel about it. Now, thank you, Aaron, for that. Now, who won the LL tickets? Uh, Chris Bouchon. Well done, Chris. Dan Orlovsky, Mickey Shuey, jQuery, podcast1075thefan.com. Well done out of you, James. Tomorrow, Rakestraw is going to be here. Brian Adams headlines card day. Brian Adams joins me coming up tomorrow as well. Have a spectacular night. Enjoy the games beyond the bricks. Trackside 7 and 8 tonight on the fan.